Everyone, welcome to the Off the Rail Show on the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, site manager at OneFootDown.com on SB Nation. And uh, I, I can't get recruiting out of my mind right now. I've given it a, quite a bit of thought today as, as I've been just kind of doing the random things around the house and a couple little fun posts on the site and all that. Uh, it just keeps coming back to, to recruiting because, uh, like, we're done recruiting on the offensive side of the ball. Notre Dame just got commitments on the 4th of July from uh, Caleb Offord, cornerback, and then the very next day got one from wide receiver Xavier Watts. So Notre Dame is sitting at 17 commitments in the 2020 class, which is insane, kind of, uh, you know, for, <laughs> you know, the not even the second week of July yet. But but really, you know, with, with the new recruiting cycle, Things have changed quite a bit, and it's definitely shifting this way. And it's not bad to see. I, I mean, I, I like, uh, I like Notre Dame being able to to wrap a lot of what they're doing up before the season. I think that uh, takes some of the uh, some of the stress of the official visits, although it's still very important, or not even official visits. Because a lot of them have, have already, a lot of these guys have already took their official visit, but. You know, moving forward into the season, a little more focus on on the spots that you still need to get, and and on, I just, I just as much as it kind of annoys me the cycle, I like it. I say annoy because look, I I still kind of kind of like the old way. You know, when we still had one signing day, uh, it, it was just more fun. I, I think just to get it all in in one day and and, and all that. It's much better. Don't get it wrong. It's much better for the sport, and especially for Notre Dame, the way they're doing it now. I just, you know, it was a little more fun uh, back on the the one day in February. So, but, you know, moving forward, I'm really trying to imagine what Notre Dame is, you know, is going to try to do. You know, they, they still need some safeties. Uh, I have not got any commitments from a safety in this class. Although, I mean, a guy like a guy like Offord, you know, we've got some taller corners, you know, in, in this class. So, you know, you could you could take a look at, you know, at Clarence Lewis at six foot, but really, you know, Offord at at six one. Um, I'm not sure about Bartleson, may, maybe, you know, but someone that could get shifted back to safety. Not to say that they will or. Or that's in discussion at all, or anything like that. But yeah, you know, Bartleson's at six one. It's it's a possibility, and it really all depends upon you know what Notre Dame is doing. You know how else they're doing a corner. They they look fairly solid numbers wise, um, but a lot of that you know at cornerback moving forward, a lot of that has to do with what they did to tighten that up on this class, though. You know, with next year, you know. It, Depending upon where you want to slot Avery Davis at next year, maybe maybe you're going to move him to, to offensive guard. I don't know. But Sean Crawford's probably going to be gone. He does have a six-year of eligibility um, available to him, but I, I'd i give that like a 10% chance that he comes back as a six-year. Uh, but after that, Tariq Bracey, Houston Griffith, and K.J. Wallace, Isaiah Rutherford, you know, there's your four corners. So they're really in need of defensive backs. They... they in my opinion, 
they they really needed to sign the five. I, I think that was the goal, right? It was three corners and a couple of safeties. And they're, they're falling way short of that safety goal. And look, they're the top safety left on the board, Lathan Ransom. He's going to make his commitment known on the 16th, I believe. And all signs are pointing for for him to to pledge the Ohio State Buckeyes. Where do you go from there? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a pretty. There's not a very long list of uh, of players. You know, and there there's some names that are floating around out there, but you know how viable they are. You know, like a Jaron Thompson. You know, could be. Uh, you know, a Malcolm Green out of Virginia. Uh, these are guys you, you gotta have to get on campus. And we're just not sure where Notre Dame is going to be, what direction they're going to go in. I don't think anybody knows. I think, you know, if you're members of, you know, I'm not giving away any premium information here, but if you're members of of any of the recruiting sites, I think they have a hard time pinpointing exactly what Notre Dame is going to do. Everyone has a theory, I think. But I, I think maybe what we're going to see is kind of a, like a reset mode um, in a lot of ways. So... I mean, really, you know, we're, we're playing a big numbers game. You know, we pegged Notre Dame to, to sign 20 guys in this class, and so they're three short right now. And I, I think ideally it would have been another wide receiver and two safeties. Now, I say another wide receiver, even though we just said, you know, we're done on offense, right? Okay, well, if you, you know, if you take out Jay Burnell, and then you throw in, you know, like a guy like, oh, I don't know, A.J. Henning <laughs> would, would have been one that I think we all wanted. And then, uh, um, oh, then Jalen McMillan, you know, they, they would have took those four, you know, Jalen McMillan, A.J. Henning, um, Jordan Johnson, and Xavier Watts. That, that's like their, that was their quote-unquote dream class of wide receivers. So they definitely would have took four there. But as – names start falling off of um, you know off of the list there, there there's really nothing nothing really left uh, Michael Redding was a guy they they slow played and it just basically stopped recruiting him Redding committed to the University of Miami you know there's some names out there's some other names are out there at, at wide receiver like like a William Nixon no one's real sold on on that being a real option uh, I, don't, I don't think so well you know what else does Notre Dame do I mean there's not there's just not a whole lot of names out there period so I think if you look at the scholarship chart though you can start to start to pin down maybe what might happen and you know they're sitting right now for 2020 they're sitting at 91 scholarships for for the 85 so they're sitting six over you know, and of all the guys that can come back for a fifth year, uh, Ian Book, Tony Jones, Javon McKinley, Tommy Kramer, Liam Meikenberg, Ade Ogundeji, Jonathan Jones, Alohi Gilman, uh, Sean Crawford uh, as a sixth year, and then John Shannon, the lawn snapper. Ten guys there are eligible to come back. How many of those ten are actually going to come back? I think it's going to be a lot less than, than maybe at first glance. Uh I think the indications from a lot from a lot of different places are Ian Book probably won't be back. There's one. Tony Jones Jr., I'd say that's 50-50. Javon McKinley, 
I mean, it really depends on what happens this season with McKinley. I would say most signs point to him not being asked to come back next year. Tommy Kramer and Liam Eikenberg. Now, I can see them leaving with a year of eligibility on the table uh, after four years at Notre Dame. But I also think that maybe there's already been, you know, something. You know there's been conversations already, but Notre Dame only took two offensive linemen in this class. Now, granted, they're sitting pretty solid anyways. And 2021, they're already, you know, they already got two commitments. And they'll look for another big, beefy class in there, too. But, you know, maybe the two, just Tosh Baker and Michael Carmody, are a result of, you know, of a somewhat assurance that Kramer and Eichenberg are going to come back uh, for a fifth year, which would be fantastic because, you know, and the same goes for Robert Hainsey. You know, does does he come back for his senior year? He, he's kind of in the same boat where he's got one year of eligibility left. You know, does he come back for his senior year? So you could have all five guys, all five of Notre Dame starters on the offensive line come back in 2020. That's ideal does that help you only take two offensive linemen? Because two offensive linemen in a class is really thin. And you've got to be really strong moving forward to just take two. And perhaps that's the situation. So we'll leave it at that. But, you know, going into 2021, you know, there there's going to be a lot more question marks. Um, so... <laughs> getting back to this numbers thing. So, we're, we're, you know, Ade, Ade Ogundeji coming back. Uh, <clears throat> actually, excuse me, I, I should have, and and that's my mistake, is uh, I, somehow I, I took him off and, and never put him back on. But uh, Jameer Jones is another guy. For some reason, he is missing on, on, on my chart. I'm going to have to have that fixed. And, and by the way, I'll have both the scholarship chart and the uh, the commit list up on the post on the site that that's going to have this podcast. That way, something for you to reference back to. But Jameer Jones is a guy, so really, really going to 92, right? Uh, is another guy that's going to come back and because they're going to redshirt him this year. They're only going to play him in four games this year. They want to bring him back. So you have, you know, Ade and Jameer coming back at defensive end. Jonathan Jones probably moving along. Alohi Gilman, we're, we're all pretty sold that, that this is his last year in South Bend. Sean Crawford, like I said, I I, I don't believe he's going to be coming back next year. Probably going to be a lot dependent upon his health this year. And you know, maybe if he's healthy all year, he's, he's probably out. Uh, if he gets hurt again, maybe he's already out <laughs> because that's just a lot of injuries. And then John Shannon at Lawn Snapper, I just – I just don't see Notre Dame holding two long snappers on scholarship with, you know, a numbers crunch like they're facing. You know, they have Michael Vinson, who's a non-scholarship long snapper, you know, on the roster as well. So it may not, you know, may not hurt as bad. You know, to me, that's an important position. You know, we make fun of the the Coles five-star designation, and I have a lot of fun with that, but... You know, long snapper is important. You don't know these guys because they do their job, and that's what you need done. And especially right now with, you know, a freshman punter, you know, a young punter in Jay Bramblett, you know, 
John Shannon's going to be really important this year, uh, get, getting that ball back to him. So there's just there's a lot of unknowns there, but I think there's a lot of space for wiggle room. You know, so out of all, so out of all the eleven, they're going to be fifth years. I guess to me, I'm you know you're looking at four solid returners that I think are I think are more solid coming back than anything else, and that's Kramer, Eichenberg, um, Ade, and Jameer. So take that down. So so you're getting rid of of seven guys, okay? Well, that still that leaves you one spot available. That brings you down to eighty four, and you know, you're going to have attrition. You know, somebody else, whether it's a, you know, a sophomore this year, or someone's going to transfer, all right? A couple guys are going to transfer. Another guy's going to get hurt. So there, there's some room. So that 20 spot just kind of always struck me as kind of odd. Now, you can move, you know, I, I you know, I kind of believe that at some point they're going to give Harrison Leonard, lacrosse pro kicker, a scholarship, so does that happen this year? Is there going to be someone they're sitting dead on at 85? If someone goes down or, you know, or leaves or something goes on during fall camp, does that open spot, does that get handed to, to Leonard? By all accounts, no. That's going to, that, that will go to Agoro, and, and who's a walk-on corner who had a, who had a nice spring, but a senior. So the next year, what's going to happen? You know, does does Leonard get it? I mean, he's he's under the under the uh, preferred walk on umbrella, uh, and what conversations they've had specifically, I can tell you. But I would think at some point, if that's your like kicker of the future, at some point they're probably going to give him a scholarship. So, does that happen after this year? Is that is the are they holding back one for twenty twenty for Hamilton? Like, look, man, walk on this year. You're going to get it next year, kind of like the conversation they have with JD Bertrand. So none of the numbers are really matching up. You know, <laughs> it's pretty odd, and we're and we're this shouldn't be a huge worry in July, and I, and I guess it isn't, but it's definitely worth you know talking about and you know trying to figure out you know what they're going to do because the I mean the class is damn near done. So you know. Who are they going to go after? There's, there's, I, I just have a hard time seeing them expand the board. And, and if you go on, you can go on to twenty four seven or wherever, and and look at the available like safeties, and, and that's really where I'm. Where we should be keying in on. There's just not a lot there. You know, is it going to have to be a result of you know a flip a flip job? You know, some some work there. Do do they try to flip? Jalen McMillan, do they press that? You know, and do you really get under Chris Peterson's skin with that one? I, you know, I don't know. Um, but I just, I guess my main concern right now is a the lack of options for them to recruit at safety. The fact that numbers aren't really lining up a whole lot, um, and and I wonder how that's going to work. Moving forward, I mean, we kept, like I said, we kept saying twenty, kept saying twenty, but if you really look at what the fifth year options are, and the fact that there's always a a, a small handful of of attrition, anyways, they really could have gone more than twenty. I mean, you know, we get nervous about that, but but you know, there's probably nothing solid to them yet. 
So is it a holding pattern right now sitting in in July? Now, they've already turned down. I mean, Notre Dame has turned down a lot of players so far. You know, running backs, one. You know, Michael Drennan, you know, here's a, here's a name that no one's talking about. And I'm 98% sure that he just dropped Notre Dame in his top 10 because lots of people like to have Notre Dame in their, in their final groups for multiple reasons. But Michael Drennan, who's more an athlete than a running back, but still down there at uh, Dublin Kaufman in Columbus, put Notre Dame in this top 10. And you look at that, and like I said, you, you're like, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just there. But maybe Notre Dame wants to press for that. I mean, they, if they were willing to go four, you know, four wide receivers and they're sitting at three, maybe now they wouldn't mind going back to two running backs. Was was it really promised to Tyree that, that he'd be the only running back recruited? I don't, I don't really believe so. But I think, you know, Drennan's the kind of athlete that, that they could they could use in different spots. Now, this is based off of nothing. Like, <laughs> this isn't any kind of information that I have that, that they're actively still recruiting Drennan. I'm just saying I'm looking at options. You know, I'm going down the, the scholarship offer board and, look, and looking and see what's available. You know, some people have are on their – you know, don't care about the 85. Like, oh, if it's only 82, 83, no big deal. I am not of that opinion. I want a full 85 every year. I think it's important to have as many scholarship-level players as possible on your team. You need those kind of guys on your scout team preparing your, your you know, preparing the first te- first units week in and week out. That's just, that's my philosophy. Notre Dame has a hard time, you know, their walk-on program, and I've said this many times before, it gets romanticized because of the movie Rudy, but it is not as it's not a walk-on program that is on the same level as an Ohio State or an Alabama or most big state schools. You know, on the on the upper level, of big state schools because they they just have more to choose from. There, there's just there's more guys. There's there's more people enrolled. There's a greater chance to get more talent. You know, as a walk-on. And that's not, you know, that's not a knock on you know, any of the walk-ons in Notre Dame at all. That's just saying there is a bigger pool of these places. That's just science, man. That's math. So, you know, I am. I will always, always push the narrative that eighty-five is what you want every single year. And sometimes it's a, it seems like a little bit of a heart attack to get there, and sometimes it'll fall a little bit short. But the closer you get, I always think the better off you are. So, like I said, I I just I went down and and I'm looking at all these all these names on you know that they've offered and it's just the recruiting cycle. I guess it's just been so early. Guys have just been falling off. So who is, who is out there? Who is out there still for them to go after? And maybe it is just like a guy like Malcolm Green. Um, you know, maybe maybe the class ends up being just like 19. Maybe there's a late edition. Late in the cycle, there's just there's so much time between now and February. You know, there's over a half a year left until the final signing day. Lots of different things can happen. So I'm not sweating it by any means, but trying to look forward about what they do with the rest of this class, you you, you have to go with what you have in front of you, right? And yes, it may be six months out, but you you, you have to look at what's the, what the possibilities are. You know what you still have. Having said that, you know, they're ranked number five right now, overall team rankings. 
with with the 17 commitments that they have, it's a good class. Now this class is not going to you know not going to finish in the top 5. And even with a let's just say, you know, Chris Tyree and Michael Mayer both get a fifth star. Probably not going to happen, but let's just say they do. That's still not enough to keep them in the top five. Even if Chris Tyree, Michael Mayer, and Tosh Baker all end up getting a fifth star, it's still not going to be enough to put this class in the top five. It's just not. The way that that some of the, these, these schools right now that are sitting in the top 10, top 15, the way that they'll pile on recruits towards the end of the cycle, it's just... It's just a numbers game at that point. You know, it's it like it's math, all right? It's science. This is a top 10 class as far as those kind of rankings go. As far as I think we should be concerned with is that this is a top five class for us. I mean, this is a caliber of a top five. This is the kind of caliber of top five school we have. And it's a look, this is a great offensive class. You know, you have an elite 11 quarterback in Drew Pine. A basic, five, a basically a five-star speedster burner at, at running back in Chris Tyree. You had have a basically a five-star tight end Michael Mayer. You bring on a second, who's the number one tight end in the country. You bring on a second tight end in Kevin Ballman. You got a five-star wide receiver in J- Jordan Johnson. You bring along, you know, another speedster in Xavier Watts, and one of those scrappy, <laughs> you know, call him a scrappy white guy, Jay Burnell. Who, who one of the bigger headlines is he's no one's gonna outwork him. Well, there goes there's your whole white wide receiver narrative there. But uh, you know, then you you got an, an elite level tackle, Atosh Baker, another really good prospect in Michael Carmody at tackle. Got a big body, a defensive tackle. I mean, it, it, it just goes down the line. We really like Jordan Botello, Riley Mills. You know. In, this, in the spots where they really needed to, to shore up hard at corner and safety, though, is a li- they're falling a little short there. You know, we may like all these guys, and, and I do like them. I like what they bring to the team. But just going off of, you know, they're all three stars. Clarence Lewis, Landon Bartleson, Cale Balford. And Clarence Lewis, you know, is kind of an athlete, kind of a mix. You know, he, he's ranked more right now as a, as I think it was a wide receiver, maybe a running back or whatever it is right now, not, not really as a corner. Or maybe that's Bartleson. Either way, that, that, that's what I'm saying. They're, I think Clarence Lewis is, was ranked as a wide receiver, and Bartleson was ranked as a as a running back. Caleb Offord was the only one that's been stuck around at, <laughs> at the corner in the inside those rankings as a three-star. So, And you have no safeties. So the offensive class is stellar. The defensive class the has been has been okay. They they got some good players, uh, but they really have to shore up somewhere on the line of safety. I mean, they did two guys. They they got to get two guys. I, I know the goal is probably three, um, but uh, two guys. They, they they just need to get it. So other than that, you know, things are great. I I, I really like what Notre Dame's doing. Recruiting wise, they they seem to they, they really have seemed to to do a good job of of getting the targets of their. I mean, they went after the guys that they wanted. And they lost some. I mean, AJ Henning was a guy, and I I think there was a general feeling among a lot of recruiting analysts that 
A.J. Henning was just not going to go to Notre Dame. And even though the, the perception was that Notre Dame led because they had re, been really recruiting in the longest, there was a pretty good feeling for a long time that Henning was going to go anywhere else but Notre Dame. And they had a hard time getting him on campus. It just it was what it was, folks. It, it just was what it was. Jim McMillan, I mean, that's a Fresno kid. I don't have enough time to go off about California recruiting and Fresno and the waste of time that it is. Uh, but there you go. You, you shoot for a Fresno candidate and he, he goes elsewhere. I mean, what else is new? Uh, <laughs> the sky is blue. We landed on the moon. You know, we lost a Fresno kid. So it, in the world of recruiting, finishing number two does not matter. You know, the, for all the hype that, that someone to give, like, you know, Notre Dame worked their asses off and, and this was close and, you know, Notre Dame, you know, did all they could and became number two. None of it matters. You know, this is definitely a Ricky Bobby world in college football recruiting and recruiting period. You know, if you're not first, you're last. It didn't matter if, if they dropped you six months prior or if you were a, a decision, you know, decision day decision, uh, you know, you still, you lost out. It's the same result one way or the other. You know, I, we should be more encouraged by some of these guys, by some of the battles that they're, they're in the thick of. And, and I am to a point, but at some point you got to start winning a lot more of these and Notre Dame's doing a fine job. I'm, I'm not complaining about what they're doing on the recruiting trail. I, I'm really not. This cycle just seems odd to me. It, it just does. Whether that's because of the numbers or the positions that they have to get. I mean, look, they're only getting two offensive linemen. If this was any other year, you know, we would be sitting at, if this was any other year, we'd be sitting at about 20 commitments right now, maybe 21. You know, add a couple, couple more offensive linemen, add another running back, add another guy in there. Uh, you know, just sprinkle another guy in there. But because the, re- the numbers are so tight, because of what, how many they signed, I mean, you know, tw- they just, they really, you know, 26 and, you know, a couple years ago, and then, you know, then the 22, that's a lot of guys. And when you're playing that numbers game, it all adds up. And we, we wondered last year, I mean, the, the way that they were, they were throwing guys on there that, yeah, we know, Maris Lewifow and J.D. Bertrand and, you know, even lacrosse pro kicker who, who still doesn't have a scholarship, you knew that this season was going to be tight. And I think the 20 was an optimum. I mean, 2021 was what there, was getting thrown around. And so we, we still don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're absolutely fine at 17 or 18. Maybe there's a guy that, that wants to come back for a fifth year that, you know, that they wouldn't have invited back, but now they will. Who knows? So that's what we're setting at. That's what we're looking at looking forward. We have no idea. I mean, we have maybe no idea is not the best thing to say. We have some general concepts, but there's no real focus right now. There's just not those handful of guys that, that you know that, that are getting recruited and they're pressing hard. It's, it's more like a reset and let's figure this out moving forward towards the season kind of a thing. And that and that's about it. This is, this is going to be a top 10 class-ish. I mean, there, there's, there is a good chance, you know, say they only add, a, add one or maybe even two guys to the class, you know, 18, 19-man class, 
you're going to have a hard time them finishing inside the top 10 without like a Tyree or a Mayer or even a Baker getting a fifth star. And what they do with those rankings, I don't know. I mean, the thing with Mayer was absolutely ridiculous. The <laughs> the dream team without the guy who won the offensive MVP, I mean, I, I, I don't know how, how that uh, manages out. You know, you're the number one tight end in the country, yet two guys are listed as athletes but are playing tight end. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, all that stuff is is kind of like smokescreen for what we what we consume, but really it's trying to get down to the nuts and bolts of what the Notre Dame staff and Brian Kelly want and what they're doing. And I just think that they've had it. They had a pretty good, really good plan so far with this class. Just some guys didn't work out, and you know they're getting. I mean, we won't even say outworked, but I mean, what else are you going to say? That you know they're they're going to lose out on a few guys. You know, if you can get if they can land a Lathan Ransom, which is just not ninety eight percent sure is not going to happen. Um, and look to his credit, Ransom has said that you know he doesn't know where all this Ohio State stuff you know comes from. He said in an interview uh, that he just had one interview after the Ohio State visit. That's why he's not doing interviews now because everyone jumps to the gun. So who knows where he's sitting at? But I there's. I, I guess you have to go with kind of, I don't want to say the mob mentality, but if everyone's looking in one direction, that's the direction that, that the wind is probably blowing. So hopefully that didn't confuse you too much. I I, I really did have, I had less of a plan going into this, <laughs> but I just kind of wanted to lay it out. Like, look, we just don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, the thing that, thing that we really need to understand, though, is, is that Notre Dame's still in a really, really good spot roster-wise. Uh, I I wish that you know I wish there I, w- I wish we were in October so we knew where a lot of these guys stood. Not recruiting, but on the roster, like our linebackers. What, what what's going on there? Uh, kind of even our corner situation. What's going on there? You know I I you know I realize Dante Vaughn's this is his last year of eligibility, but. I've been a big, I've been a loud voice saying, I'm not done with Dante Vaughn. I still think that he could, he could play opposite Troy Pride Jr. Um, but I, did, I just need, you kind of need the season to get going to start seeing these guys. And wide, wide receiver is another one, you know, which one of these sophomores are going to, are going to emerge, uh, you know, as playmakers, as guys that, that can go out there and, and, you know, and play for it. Cause come 2020, you know, if you take McKinley out of it, your your senior wide receivers are Michael Young and Isaiah Robertson. So, you know, after that, it's all these other young guys, all these other young guys. And so you, you really need to see these guys develop and do something. You know, same thing with like, if Book's gone, it's Jerkovic and Brandon Clark. You know, we, you're going to, we need to see Phil Jerkovic play this year to, in game action to, to get some kind of uh, comfort, you know, to get to be encouraged to have some hope, you know, moving forward, you know, if if and when Book does make that decision to leave, and you know, like I said, we did, we got to get some game time game time plays to see all that stuff. But in the meanwhile, I think if you if you look at that scholarship chart, um, I, I think you can you can see how it's all pieced together. You can see how this roster. 
um, is sitting and what kind of game plan moving forward uh, we go into recruiting. Now, I do have a 2021 scholarship chart that's available, but and even though I have it posted up, I'm not going to put it on the on this post, but um, it, it gives you somewhat of a glimpse. But we really need about another maybe about another six months uh, or not really even six months, maybe about another three months or so before we can really start looking at that moving forward as a guideline for how that 2021 class is, is going to start to really develop and, you know, what kind of numbers they're looking at and, and, and all that stuff. So anyways, we're just rambling at this point, but you know, that's what this, that's what recruiting does. You know, when you, when you get to 17 commitments in July, you're just kind of looking around like, all right, man, what's next? All the names are gone. Uh, what, what are we going to do? So I'm with you guys in that same situation. We will monitor it closely. Keep uh, checking in on one foot down, and we're continuing. We're gearing up. This this month, we're, we're starting to slowly speed our way up towards the season, and I think, I think everyone's kind of excited to see just exactly what Notre Dame's going to bring to the table this year. But with that, I'm going to leave you guys and uh, go Irish. <laughs>